What is up, guys? It is Quinn here, and in this video, I'm going to be running through my Week 16 at quarterback and tight end rankings, so going through my top 18 players at both of those positions, and then uh, in another video today, I'll be going through my kicker and defensive rankings, or my defense rankings, so you guys can check that video out also. As always, if you have any questions, drop them down below, and then if you guys do enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I really do appreciate all the support throughout the season, and we're getting pretty close to uh, the 4,000 subscriber number, so I appreciate all you guys for continuing to stop by, but let's start it off with the quarterbacks here. At number one, I have Josh Allen. I think you could go Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I think both have pretty solid matchups here, Allen against the Bears. Patrick Mahomes against the Seahawks. And then at three, a guy who doesn't have a good matchup, it's Justin Fields going up against the Bills. But I think at this point, Justin Fields has proven that he has to be a locked-in start. Now, if somehow you have a team with like Allen and Fields or Mahomes and Fields, then, you know, I may not be going with Justin Fields here. But I think, you know, on normal rosters, I'm taking him over the majority of quarterbacks out there, even in a bad matchup. His rushing upside is completely unmatched. He went out there against the Eagles, throwing to Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle, and Velas Jones, or Velas Jones, whatever it is, and he still put up great fantasy numbers. So I'm just going to go back to the well here on Justin Fields. At four, I have Joe Burrow going up against the Patriots. Not the best matchup, but Joe Burrow has been a very solid fantasy option all season long. Then at five, I have Justin Herbert. Definitely a disappointing uh, outing from him last week. I think he was either my quarterback two or my quarterback three in my rankings uh, in week 15. Definitely did not live up to expectation. Has a worse matchup this week against the Colts, but I'm still buying into that offense and the talent of Justin Herbert. Then at six, this is going to be Lamar Jackson. I think you could argue him ahead of Herbert. I'm just wondering if they you know, fully unleash him coming off of that knee injury. But if he's playing, he is someone that I'm pretty confident throwing into my lineup. At seven, I have Trevor Lawrence. He is dealing with a tougher matchup here against the Jets. But I just think that if we look at this run T-Law has been on, we got to just keep, you know, going back to the well here. Obviously, you know, Jets are a very tough defense, but he's just been playing at a very, very high level. Then after Trevor Lawrence, I have Tua going up against the Packers. Now, this isn't going to be at Lambeau. It'll be at the uh, Dolphin Stadium. So definitely uh, helps Tua out there. He had a solid performance against the Bills, you know, in a game that probably shouldn't have fit his skill set, just the cold weather, you know, the snow late in the game. But he had a nice bounce back after a few rough performances. So I like him here as a mid-tier QB1 option. Then behind him, I have Geno Smith going up against the Chiefs. And this was a pretty tough call for me between Geno and Kirk Cousins, who I have at 10. I think these guys are pretty interchangeable here. Geno is likely going to be without Tyler Lockett, which is a hit to this offense, but I still think they're going to be a solid unit overall. And then we have Kirk Cousins coming off of his uh, big fantasy day in that huge comeback game against the Colts. At 11, I have Dak Prescott. Dak, you know, has been a little underwhelming so far this season, and then he also draws the tough matchup against the Eagles, which is going to kind of have him fall to a back-end QB1. Then to finish up the uh, QB1s, I have Daniel Jones here. I like the matchup against the Vikings, and he's just been a solid, you know, fringe uh, QB1 option all season long. Then starting off the QB2s, I have Tom Brady. He's been pretty disappointing throughout the season. Buccaneers offense has been wildly disappointing, but I like the matchup he draws here against the Cardinals, and he has found a way to kind of just volume his way to solid fantasy numbers, so I do like him as a high-end QB1. Behind him, I have Gardner Minshew. Now, he does draw a tough matchup here against the Cowboys, but I like, you know, the way he's going to be able to fit into this Eagles offense. He is very talented for a backup quarterback. I think he can support himself for fantasy, 
while also supporting some of the uh, other top weapons on this team. So I have him here as a high-end QB2. You know, if you lost Jalen Hurts and, you know, there's not a ton of great options on the waiver wire, I definitely think he's someone who you can kind of count on to throw into your lineup. Then behind Minshew, I have Jared Goff going up against the Panthers. Jared Goff, decent game last week against the Jets. Obviously not as tough of a matchup here against the Panthers. And this Lions offense is looking up rest of season. At 16, I have Brock Purdy going up against the Commanders. Purdy has been very solid. I feel like he may actually, you know, be a better option for real-life NFL instead of a fantasy asset because they just aren't really going to put a ton on his shoulders. This is a game where the 49ers are probably going to be pretty in control. I could see them using McCaffrey, Jordan Mason a ton in this matchup, and then Brock Purdy kind of cruising his way to 15 or 16 fantasy points. I have Derek Carr at 17 going up against the Steelers. And then to finish it up at 18, I have Aaron Rodgers going up against the Dolphins. Now let's switch over to the tight end position. And per usual, like the tight ends, I feel like after Travis Kelsey, it almost just turns into a crapshoot. However, I will say, I think the depth of the position is doing all right. Like, do I fully trust all of these guys? No, but I think I had like 11, uh, 10 or 11 players that I listed as uh, start options in my tight end start sit. Typically, you know, we're only looking at around eight or nine guys. But like I mentioned, we're starting it off here with Travis Kelsey at number one, going up against the Seahawks. Matchup doesn't matter here. He's the clear-cut guy. Now at number two, I understand if you Mark Andrews owners are kind of panicking off of him. He has really underperformed in the second half of the season. He started off hot. He was kind of keeping pace with Kelsey, and then it's really just falling apart here. For me, if we're getting Lamar Jackson back, I think that's going to be a huge help for Mark Andrews. It's going to raise the ceiling of this offense, and I think Mark Andrews can give you a very strong performance. At three, I have George Kittle. I really like Kittle in this 49ers offense without Debo. When we have all those weapons there, there's just you know not enough to go around for every player to be super consistent. I think George Kittle's weekly floor is definitely raised with uh, Debo gone. Behind him, I have TJ Hawkinson, and Hawkinson continues to struggle to get into the end zone. Every game, he receives a really solid number of targets. It just hasn't really translated to one of those monster performances yet, but I think he has a solid floor and is someone who I do like as a high-end tight end one. Now behind him, I have Darren Waller, and I am kind of making a uh, projection here for Darren Waller. So when his first game back, fantasy-wise, it was a solid performance. I think it was like three for 48 with a touchdown. The problem is, is that usage-wise, he was still kind of locked into a split with Foster Moreau. He wasn't up to his uh, normal route participation numbers, but with his first game back off of IR, I'm expecting you know that workload to kind of increase here in Week 16. So that's the projection I'm making. If he sticks with that workload he had last week, I'd probably drop him behind Schultz, Ingram, maybe even Goddard. But I'm kind of making the uh, you know assumption that he will see an expanded workload. Behind him, I have Dalton Schultz coming off of a down game. Not a great matchup, but someone whose route participation has been very, very strong, you know, as long as he's been healthy this season. And then I have Evan Ingram, who has been on a tear, I think 14 plus points in his last three performances. Obviously, he had that uh, monster week 14 game. Draws a tough matchup here against the Jets, but I just keep echoing the same sentiment on this Jaguars offense. I just want to buy into this unit, even in a bad matchup. I'm still going to the well on Lawrence, going to the well on Ingram. I like Kirk. I like Zay Jones. So I like Ingram here as a mid-tier tight end one option. And like if you're sitting there with a Hawkinson Ingram team, a Waller Ingram team, a Schultz Ingram team, like I don't really think it's crazy to play Ingram over those guys with how good he has looked as of late. 
At eight, I have Dallas Goddard. It seems like he is uh, expected to make his return here going up against the Cowboys. It'll be interesting to see how limited he is. That's kind of something that's going to, you know, determine his fantasy value. So a fully healthy Dallas Goddard is probably more in that like tight end three, four, five range, but he could kind of get that Waller workload on the way back, which is obviously going to limit uh, his effectiveness. At nine, I have David Njoku. I thought David Njoku was kind of going to go on a tear later on in the season. I just can't rank him super highly until we start to see some improvements out of Deshaun Watson and this Browns offense. 10, I have Dawson Knox. I like the matchup here against the Bears. I think the Bills are going to put up a lot of points. His usage has been really strong over the past two weeks, led them in receiving yards in both of those past two games. So he is definitely peaking at the right time. At 11, I have Pat Frymuth. He's coming off of his goose egg game, but before that, he had been very consistent. I just think he kind of lacks the ceiling of some of these other tight ends around him. Just looking at that uh, Steelers offense, nothing crazy. There are some other mouths to feed there. So I still like him as a back end tight end one, but I do think there are, you know, some better options this week. And then to wrap up the uh, top 12, I have Jawan Johnson here. I don't think the touchdown, you know, scoring is sustainable. He continues to score big touchdown numbers despite the Saints not being a great offense. But at some point, like once we get past the guys with consistent volume, you kind of just got to ride the hot hand at some point. That's what I'm doing here with Jawan Johnson. Behind him, I have Greg Dulcich. I like Dulcich this week with uh, Russell Wilson likely making his return. 14, Gerald Everett, just kind of shooting for a touchdown in this Chargers offense. 15, I have Cole Komet, just another dart throw. He's shown an ability to get into the end zone. He's had a few big plays, so, you know, another dart throw there. At 16, I have Taysom Hill, and if you're playing Hill, you're always just hoping he's going to be involved in some sort of touchdown, whether he's rushing one in, catching one, or like last week, you know, throwing a deep touchdown pass. You just hope he gets involved on one of those plays. 17, I have Noah Fant going up against the Chiefs. Now, Noah Fant has been pretty locked into like a 50-50 split with Will Disley. I just think he gets a slight bump this week with uh, Lockett likely going to be out. Could be more involved. They need another weapon to step up. He may be that guy. And then I did have uh, Okonkwo a few spots higher than this. But now hearing the news that uh, Ryan Tannehill is likely out for the season, this is a massive fall off in terms of receiving volume. So I talked about Traylon Burks. I think as like a mid-tier wide receiver three in my wide receiver rankings. Now that we know it's not going to be Ryan Tannehill, I mean, he's probably out of those rankings. Willis has been pretty brutal as a passer. I just don't know how well he's going to support these weapons. I still think Okonkwo is a top 18 guy just because the position is so thin. But someone in a split with Austin Hooper, with Malik Willis at quarterback, I'm definitely a lot less optimistic than I was, you know, just a day or two ago. So that's going to wrap it up for my top 18 quarterbacks and tight ends. I hope you guys enjoy the content. I hope uh, you guys are able to, you know, set your lineup now, use these rankings, you know, to help you guys form your decisions. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, check out the uh, defense and kicker rankings if you are interested. As always, thank you for stopping by and I will see you guys in the next one.